0: Guys, welcome back to the Unwanted Critics podcast. Uh, we're on episode two of the HBO Max original show, um, The Last of Us. Um, I really liked this episode. Yeah, me too. I think that the beginning of this episode, after like really, really studying and figuring out like the bits and pieces of this show um, that you maybe wouldn't have noticed the first run through. Is so eye opening and it right. changes the whole thing.
1: The small nods throughout it are like interesting.
0: Yeah, the callbacks to the first episode, um, going back and re watching it and just studying this film has been truly like enjoyable. I've really, really had a good time with it. Yeah, me um, too. But um, it's, it's awesome. Um, so, as we get into the show, um, the opening scene is in uh, Jakarta, Indonesia right and so this uh location is significant because um back in the first episode we hear um the radio talking about that with um sarah right and um joel and you know in the beginning they're like they don't even know what that place is but sarah does and um it opens in like a, a restaurant right and Here we can see uh, this woman eating, and uh, these two uh, either military or or police officers, right? And they come in and everyone looks really distressed. Um, And this is kind of a nod to, or it could be, not for sure, but I think it probably is a nod to um, the kind of like civil unrest and this like change of government power that was happening during, around this time, around like 2002, 2003 in Indonesia. and so it, it's kind of normal for these people to feel a little, not threatened, uncomfortable. but Yeah, a little uncomfortable around um, these officers as they walk in. Um, and you can kind of see that in all of their faces. And um, they go up to this woman, who we're not really sure who she is um, in the beginning, and they ask her to come with them. And so um, they take her away and they put her in this car and they start driving. And they, you know, apologize for interrupting her, and you know, again, she's very cordial and uh, kind because she's still probably a little nervous, and they're also being very kind to her, and um, and we later find out why because they really need her, yeah. Um, and so they take her to Indonesia's version of the CDC, um, and when they get there, they bring her to this microscope and they ask her to identify the specimen for for herself, right? And she looks at it, and since, you know, this lady has her PhD, she's all about this stuff. She knows this fungal bacteria stuff really well, and she immediately identifies it as the uh, or Ophiocordyceps. I can't say it that well, but it's the thing that we identified um, in the ants that we talked about in the last episode, right? Um, And she's like, yeah, this is what this is, but, like, this can't even be in people. And the military dude is like, not nah, so true. Like, we haven't been in a person. And so they end up taking her to um, the autopsy, um, the person's body, and she's, like, so confused. You can just tell she's, like, very... Con- like, she doesn't understand what's happening because she- in her That's brain, it's not possible, right? I was to say,
1: yeah, it's not possible for uh, uh, the fungus to be in a human. Yeah. It doesn't reach a certain temperature. It will, like it will die. See, yeah, yeah. they'll die in the human body. Yeah, exactly. And so she she's very confused by this,
0: and she sees like this bite mark on the person's uh, leg, right? And she goes and she cuts into it, uh, makes like a small incision, and immediately we can see, um, like where there should be like muscle, it's just like fiber now. Of like the fungus is spread all over the person's body, completely taken over, and it's like now the host, right? And um, she's immediately concerned with that, and then she moves to the mouth. She goes to the mouth of this person, and oh my gosh, it's so nasty! Like she opens the person's mouth, and she gets like the forceps, and she starts to pull out of it, and it like the tendrils start to come out, right? Yeah. And it like start. You see the tendrils like lunge at her, like while she's holding it and she's trying to to catch her. her. Yeah. yeah, and so she drops it. And, like, she's, like, so scared. She drops it, and she, like, rushes out of the room, right? When I
1: saw that, I thought it was going to be, like, one of those things where, like, the whole body just gets up, and, like, it just like, Oh, texts. yeah. I would have been, like, I was like, oh, no. I was on the edge of I was, like, I was oh, thinking gosh, the oh, gosh, same
0: thing. God. I was like, dude, this thing is about to, like, come to life. It's
1: about to attack her. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but I think my brain forgot the fact that there was, like, a bullet hole in the person's head. Right. And so I was thinking the same thing. I was like, yeah, like, this thing is straight up about to, like, come to life and attack this lady. Um, So, I was concerned as well, Um, but uh, they end up uh, talking to her on the couch, and um, they're talking about, you know, just more information about the situation, what's happened, how it's been caused, and we later learn um, that this is all coming from a factory in Indonesia that is a um, flour and grain factory, right? Yeah. And um, this opens a whole new, like, world for us of, like, looking back at the first episode and Uh all this stuff. Um, Because we learned that, you know, oh my goodness, this stuff is being spread through this food that all this flour and grain is being used to create. It's mainly through yeast. Yeah. And so the, just so many things. We go back to the very beginning, right? We think about how uh, Sarah, and this is two days before, right? Yeah,
1: this takes place... All this stuff in Indonesia takes like two days before everything in the first episode. Yeah,
0: so we we think about Sarah trying to make pancakes, right? Boom, flowers being made to make pancakes. She didn't have flowers. she Didn't have have it to be able to make it. She didn't have the pancake mix. They couldn't make it. And then after that, um, as they're walking out to go to school, they're being offered biscuits by who? The neighbors. The old, you know, the old people. They end up getting infected and then right after that um later when she goes and visits the neighbors they make
1: what they made raisin cookies but ellie wanted chocolate chip cookies so Mm -hmm. she didn't eat the cookies yeah
0: exactly and so it's just more and more and more and then that same night she told uh joel hey like promise to bring home a cake for your birthday and he forgot to so more things made with flour you know like not not being like they're not consuming it so they're saving themselves without even recognizing it um and then another even subtle thing is in this episode this lady when they walk into the restaurant she's not eating like any flour substances or yeast or anything like that she's just eating like meat and greens right yeah and so again it's just more evidence of how how quickly this stuff is spread and it's it's crazy to think of how um how we've gone through COVID now and mm-hmm. so like we understand the rapidness of this stuff how quickly it spreads and can be like transferred from one place to another um, and you can kind of see that and this doctor's like concerned um, like, actions and like the way she talks to this officer um, especially when she starts to say how many other people like at that uh, location are missing like what's going on and they tell her fourteen people, dude. She like shakes. Like you can see her like put put her tea down. She's like nervous to consume anything at that you moment. You can see like she's distressed. Yeah, she's so worried. She puts that down. Like in that moment, I think I would probably be nervous to eat anything. Like from that point forward, you know, because oh, sure. you don't know what what's what it's on. And then. Um, you know the uh, the officers like, what do you suggest we do? What's the, what's the vaccine? How can we cure this? Like, we need something to make this better.
1: And No one word she said caused like so much like. Yeah, she. Fear. They they explained that or she's like,
0: there's like I studied this stuff. There's no vaccine, and then like you said, he's like, then what do we do? And he, she says, bomb, bomb, <laughs> like. And the craziest thing is like, you know. They're in Indonesia. They're speaking a different language. But that word stays true, like, all the way through. And it's so heavy when she says that she's Mm a bomb, you know. And that immediately makes you recognize, like, I guess the severity of the situation, you know. Because for us in COVID, like, we're quarantined. We get put in our houses, whatever. Like, they create a vaccine because it's a virus. But this is something that can't be cured. So they're like, you just have to kill people. And then it makes you understand, like, the drastic decision that's made in the first episode with Joel and Sarah, like, how that army officer is, like, told, like, hey, you have to kill these people. Yeah. You know, um, they're in an infected area.
1: It's just crazy. So, um, and the crazy part for me was, like, while watching it, I was doing Spanish homework, so I, I could not look up at the screen. My friend from Texas had to, yeah, we watched the second episode together, too, and, um, he was reading all, the, like, the subtitles mm-hmm. that were being spoken, and, when he said bomb, I looked up so quick I, from my like, laptop, I was yeah. like, what? I was like, "It's dang. It's a very
0: surreal moment to hear this decision that they've made, and we end up seeing that a lot of parts of you know the world carry out that decision. Um, like Later on in the show, we see them, I think it's in this episode, we see them walking through the city, and they walk past a massive hole in the ground. And Ellie says, is that from the bombs? And they're like, yeah. And they said how it was effective in some cities, but not in others. But um, yeah, it's that moment of her saying "bomb" is just it. It's very surreal. Um, but then we see um, her asked to go and spend the rest of her time with her family. You can tell she she knows that there's very limited time. That this she is knows spreading that fast. The end is coming. Yeah, it's spreading really fast. Um, and then. Um, we see uh it cuts to ellie right so ellie's back it's back to joel and ellie and um tess and ellie's laying on the ground and this is still fresh after um then discovering that you know ellie is technically infected based off of that reading from the first episode yeah and they're very concerned about it right and um this also uh, is a moment where Joel, and you can see in his character, he's very standoffish of trying to make any connection with her, mm-hmm. because he, I think he's already kind of recognized that like he can like start to grow to have a position where he um, he cares for her a lot. He cares for Ellie because of his daughter, right, and like the connection between the two. And he has a fear of connecting. with Yeah. Her. So because of that, he's telling Tess in the moment, "Hey, like." we can't trust this, Like maybe we should kill her and all this stuff. And Ellie um, convinces them not to, obviously. And um, they continue forward. Um, And so at this point, um, they're uh, trying to decide how to maneuver through the city. Um, uh, They're in Boston. Um, which is kind of cool so if you're from Boston I'm sure as you watch the show you're like holy crap that looks like where we're at right now (laughs) and like just different parts of that Um, we can't really attest to that because we're not in Boston but if we were I'm sure there'd be a lot of parts of it that um, would look very familiar that stood out to you yeah Um, and so in this part of the episode it's I think it just emphasizes how well this show is made it looks in a weird way like it it looks really beautiful like The greenery growing everywhere. Yeah. Um,
1: The dystopia is, like, a very beautiful, like, um, theme. Yeah. Like, film. And this just adds to, like, that theme. Like, Mm -hmm. it looks so legit. The CGI looks so good. It makes you feel like it's, like, the building's actually, like, fallen over. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, the plant life is just taking over. Yeah. it looks
0: really good. Yeah. And it's it's growing everywhere. Um, And to see how like you said, this dystopian society, how all of um, the world falling apart has really changed um, is really, really interesting. Um, But then they they decide between taking a long or a short route, right? And Tess is like, if we take the short route, we're pretty much dead. And so they're like, let's take the long route. And they go through this abandoned hotel and Ellie is like all kinds of excited um, because this is stuff that she hasn't really seen. Like if you think about um, like the concept of like COVID babies of like people that grew up in quarantine like the first three years of your life you were sitting in your house you yeah. know like I'm sure that changes a lot of like not only how like kids are socially how they think the things that they were around what their childhood was like and it's kind of the same thing for Ellie in this position. Yeah, you know she she's growing up in this bordered community, blocked off from the rest of what the world used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, like they even kind of make nods to like what she may or may not know later in the show because or in this episode because um, she asks where Joel's from, and Joel tells where he's from Texas, and then he says that Tess is from uh, Detroit, and he's like uh, starts to explain what city Detroit's in. And she's like, I know where Detroit is. I went to school and all this stuff. Uh, yeah. But, like, there's that unknown variable of, like, how much does Ellie as a child, like, know from what the mm-hmm. world used to be. Um, so her being into, the, like, coming into this hotel, seeing all of what the world used to be, she's like a little kid. She's so excited.
1: And um, my friend noticed it because he played the games when, like, he was younger. Um, In the game, there's, like, a certain, like, infected in Mm -hmm. the water in the swamp or something like that Um, and he was like hey he's like oh there's one right there he thought it was going to be another infected It was like a nod towards that type of infected yeah there's all kinds that i'm sure
0: they're going to continue to show throughout the show um and ellie even talks about it later in this uh, episode about just the different like varieties of infected there are um the longer that they're there um, the more that the virus or not the virus, but the fungus grows inside of them and just yeah. changes what they are. Um, but in the scene in the hotel, they're in the lobby and you hear like just the subtle things of like the frog jumping on the piano, making this like really eerie, creepy noise. Um, just really adds to the effect of like this genre of like not horror but like creepy survival type thing. Um, I mean, the show is literally called, like, The Last of Us. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's definitely adding to um, that sort of theme that they're carrying throughout. Um, And um, just before this, we see Ellie talking about um, the different – asking questions about the different types of – Infected, like you said, yeah. and she kind of makes a nod. It's a little foreshadowing to the clickers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this type of infected, where their the fungus grows so much that it splits their head in half, and they are no longer able to see, and so then they rely completely on echolocation through these clicks that they make. Um, and it is a creepy sound. It is. Um, I remember playing the game and being like really creeped out from the noise, and so I was very interested to see how they were going to like deliver that sort of um like just the noise of it and how that was how going to instill yeah how that was going to instill some fear into people um it make it reminds me of like the quiet place the yeah. those films um that this whole scene that's coming up reminds me a lot of it um but they pretty much traverse their way through this hotel and um They go through different areas of it. Uh, It's kind of a nod to the game and like it being parts of it being like a platformer, having to go from one area to the next. Um, And they get to the top of this hotel and they look down and they see all of these infected. Right. And this is where we get to learn a little bit about just how these things work. Right. Um, So we see all of them kind of moving together uh, at once. Right. Um, They and uh, Tess talks about how they're connected like on the ground or underground right and she says that even if you just like step on one part of where they're connected like it's almost like vines really yeah you know and if you step on that you can awake this not really like hive mind of them but like this group of them you know there could be 12 of them that are connected Whatever's all together. connected to that
1: wire yeah it can be a mile away mm-hmm. and all of those that are connected will wake up yeah. and like come to that source yeah
0: which is a an interesting idea because the trope of zombies and what they are like you think of like noises alert them yeah this is like so much more like delicate you know mm-hmm. so if you just step on something where they're all connected they're all alerted um which is terrifying um But they realize that they're not able to continue on the path they're going to, so they defer to going through this museum, which again, this is another moment that I'm sure if you're from Chicago, maybe you've walked through that museum, which I think is really cool. Um, So they go through this museum, and uh, Joel and Tess are talking about how they think maybe everything's dead in here now, used to not all be dead. Um, We later find out not everything is dead. Um, And so they go through there, and they're trying to be quiet, Um, and this is just, we're able to see how all of this fungus grows on everything, and how it it grows throughout its hosts, Even though it's all dead, we're able to see all of it. Um, And then they get upstairs, and we start to see um, what clickers are, right? And we get to see the way they look, and um, how the three of them are going to get out of this whole scenario, right? And the way it's initially alerted, is ellie like kind of like hesitates with her breath and tries to stop herself but the clicker like hears it and immediately like snaps onto her uh, well not it doesn't like get onto her but like it looks it right senses. at her right yeah. it's it can hear right exactly where she is and it like starts to go crazy and so the three of them get kind of split up and immediately there's like that thought in your brain of like who's going to get bit right they yeah. get split up Some, somebody's going to get hurt and uh, the camera starts to really focus on Joel at one point. And this is just another moment where we're, we're able to see just like how well this show is shot. It looks great and it's done so well. Um, specifically, there's a scene um, that's around like the 38 and a half minute mark of the show where um, this clicker is mo- making its way down the hall and it's looking for Joel. And he's trying to reload the cylinder on his revolver. He's dumping the shells out. And just the sound of the shells, like like clicking or like dangling together into his hand, you see the clicker's head like immediately look into the direction of where he is. Yeah. And then the camera slowly pans in onto a closer shot of Joel, all in one take. And you're like, there's the suspense of like, where is this thing? You know? Because he's trying to be quiet, but like in my brain, if it hears Ellie like barely breathe, like I feel like everyone's screwed. Like. I feel like this thing definitely knows where everyone is, but also they're trying to deliver the story of the show. So, um, there's a little more forgiveness of that stuff, but it pans in onto Joel and there's that suspense of where is it? And then it slowly looks to the left and the camera shows that this thing is right next to him. Um, and it, it's so well done. Um, and they eventually end up successfully killing both of these clickers. Um, But I think one cool little nod to how these things work is we already talked about how there's no real, like, muscle on people anymore. It's all just, like, this fiber throughout their body. It's all the fungus. Yeah. And so in order to, like, truly kill them, it seems like you have to, like, shoot them in the head because he shoots them in the body several times, and they're just chilling. Like, they really don't even care. They're not affected that much until he shoots them in the head um, where they're being controlled, right? And so... They end up killing them, um, and they uh, survive the whole scenario. Um, but they end up seeing that Ellie's been scratched. So like, from like on our our side of the story, like we're like, she's fine, you know. Like, if she survived three weeks of this. Like, she's got some uh, some plot armor on her. She's not dying <laughs> anytime soon.
1: Which um in the game though, back to the shooting in the head. Was that how you killed them in the game though? Like- yeah, I think so. From what I
0: can remember playing it is like headshots definitely just like any game like it's going to be a safer faster kill more effective but i'm sure you could shoot them in the body enough to where they would die but i like i think it's really really emphasized in this show how important it is to shoot them in the head yeah um but again ellie ends up being scratched and she's got plot armor she's good and we don't really notice it until later, or at least I didn't. Did you notice that um, the Tess was scratched? I did not. Or bitten or whatever? I didn't realize that Tess ha- has been bitten until like the end of the episode when they really reveal it. Um, but with that in mind, that okay, Tess has been bitten or scratched or whatever, she is now going to be infected. She doesn't have these like golden genes that Ellie has or whatever. So. If you look at her, like, the moment they walk out of the window to leave the museum, she does so many subtle things that, like, emphasizes that she's starting to realize that, like, this is probably the end yeah. for her. She's, like,
1: crying yeah. a little, like, tearing up, and then, like, her, her hand is spazzing. Mm-hmm. Like, the kid in the classroom in the yeah. first episode.
0: Yeah, she's twitching a little bit, and she's... All of the things that she says to Joel is extremely intentional every word that she says is like, it has a purpose because she knows that, hey, there's only like a limited amount of time left before maybe this infected aspect kicks into my body, right, Um, and so she goes on and she's trying to make her way down the ladder and as they continue to move, um, you can just tell she's hurt, right? Um, She can feel the pain on her body where she's been bitten, and then they make their way to um, their goal, right, to um, the state building, right, um, in Chicago, uh, the state house. And when they get there, they're a little confused because they were told, hey, there's all these people are supposed to be here. Um, where are they at, right? The uh, the Firefly people are supposed to be yeah. here. And they get there, and they walk in, and everyone's
1: dead. And they're like, what the heck is happening, you know? And it was revealed that... Uh, some of them got infected, and they were all fighting each other, mm-hmm. and they just all ended up dying.
0: Yeah, and so Joel explains that to um, to Ellie and to Tess, and um, but with that in mind, that like some of them were infected first, other ones weren't, mm-hmm. and they slowly killed each other off. There's still a chance that like some of them are still in the process of turning, right, becoming yeah. in like that alive infected thing, and so. Um, I think Tess, again, realizes, hey, we don't have time. Um, especially because then, like, Joel shoots one that starts to come alive. And, you know, this is, like, that idea of, like, they're all connected. Like, some more start to, like, come alive, and they can, you can hear them coming. And uh, Tess is deciding to, hey, like, you have to go forward. She, like, this is a moment of not only a realization of, like, her fate... But the fate of others possibly, like, because of who Ellie is and how her scratch is, like, already healing, you know, mm-hmm. like, she's like, this is real, you know, she, like, compares their, like, their marks on their bodies, and she's like, she's okay, she could have the cure for all this, you need to save her. And you can tell it's really tough for Joel in this moment to make this Because he decision. doesn't
1: want that responsibility for another child, basically. Yeah,
0: that and also, like think about the like relationship that he's built with Tess, and he's losing that in that moment. There's no time to say goodbye. It's just a decision he has to make. And so he ends up uh, taking Ellie and leaving with her. And as they're leaving, um, Tess is having to make this decision to um, essentially kill herself um, and save them and like buy them some time. And so she pours out all this gasoline all over the place. She throws these grenades onto the floor. Uh, Just making it a very effective way to get rid of all of these infected that are going to be coming through, and this scene where all the infected come through—oh my god—is a very difficult scene to watch. Not just for the fact of like how Tess is like killed and sacrificed and turned, but just like I don't know—it's it hurts your heart to like see her go out that way, you know? Yeah, and so. She is watching all of these infected run by and she's just sitting there and she's sparking her lighter, right? And she's trying to get it to light. She's trying to get it to light. And then um, we see one approach her. And this is, again, this is where we are seeing what we've learned about how this stuff is spread take place. And this, it's so nasty. I hate watching I- it i was just nauseous watching it. i hate watching it because it almost i don't know why for me the first time i saw the like tendrils come out of the mouth of one of those things it was from the old lady yeah and i thought it was like hair i thought it had bitten into like the head of somebody uh-huh. and it was pulling hair out with the bite but it's the like like you said it's like the fungus the tendrils and so watching that happen it's this zombie or whatever the infected goes to kiss her
1: and it's like going down her throat oh, it's three. so
0: nasty it's like the grossest kiss of death that there ever is it's so nasty Ugh. and so the the tendrils go into her mouth and she's a, she's trying to still light the lighter
1: she's in the middle of being turned by another that's, one that's dedication right there like oh she yeah have just like gave up right yeah there, but no she's like hey i need to keep trying she's trying to light this lighter
0: and the it's still killing her and as she lights it, the, the twitch of her hand from as she's like still turning is what causes her to drop the lighter and then everything, like it cuts to uh, Joel and Ellie's point of view, right? And everything, it, you see it explode from the building on the outside, right? Yeah. And so um, now this episode leaves us off with the question of like, where are Joel and Ellie going, going next? Um, we saw uh, Tess tell her to or tell Joel to take them to two people. I forget their names, but she said, "Take her to these." It people. It was uh, Bill and Frank. Mm, that's exactly who it was. So she tells him, "Take take her to Bill and Frank." Um, so we're gonna find out who Bill and Frank is, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and we're really just gonna continue to see, uh, like you said in the last episode, like where this adventure is that um, Joel and Ellie are going. I'm sure their relationship is gonna continue to grow. Um, And we'll start to see some more of the infected. I really think that it's about to start ramping up. Like we're going to see different types of infected. We're going to see like some more action. This has been a really good uh, way to introduce the characters, to introduce the environment they're in, how these things work. And now I think episode three, I think we're really going to learn more about this plot of the, um, the show and the action that comes with it.
1: Yeah. Um, overall this episode I really enjoyed um like again callbacks to the video game like there was like a scene they're going against like cl- like crawling across a um, mm-hmm. like skyscraper to another yeah and it was a shot for shot like remake of the video game and it looked really good yeah it's this show is so well shot and
0: just extremely well ri- uh, well written um, and of course that's thanks to the video game developers but um i agree i really enjoyed this episode i think my favorite part was learning about the um the yeast and the flour and grain factory where all of it was spread through and getting to connect those dots back to the first episode um so i'm i'm hoping that that kind of stuff is going to continue to happen as we watch through the episodes i agree um but yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I am excited to watch the next one. Yeah, I do. All right, All well, right. that's about it. All right. All good.